welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Good morning, good evening, or whenever you are listening, it is great to be back with you. My name is Brian Tillman here with the 242 Network and the Accelerator Podcast. I'm coming to you from the back 40 of podcast world or I'm perched atop the one-story tower at I-69 and I-55. It is great to have you come along on this journey with us as we look at the art and the science of preaching here in Season 3 of the Accelerator Podcast. Today we have Dr. John Martin. John has been in ministry for over 15 years. He's pastored the last 12 years at First Baptist Church, Union, Mississippi. In January, John took on a new assignment. For the last five months, he has taken over the men's ministry department for Mississippi Baptist. John has a heart for preaching. Today he shares with us his philosophy and his passion for the preaching moment. Thanks for listening today, and please rate and review the podcast. Also, take a moment to tweet at us at 242 Network or message us on Facebook at 242 Network to ask us questions or share thoughts and ideas for future topics that you would like to listen to. Now, without any more announcements, here is my interview with Dr. John Martin. Listeners, as uh, just introduced, uh, John Martin is with us. John, uh, introduce yourself for our listeners, and uh, thank right. you for joining us today. Yeah, man, I'm uh, glad to be able to be here with you, and uh, I listen to the podcast. I enjoy the Accelerator podcast. You, you are one of the four listeners. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, I am uh, Men's Ministry Director for the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board. I've been doing this for about three months now. Uh, prior to that, I was pastor at First Baptist Church in Union, Mississippi, which is uh, a small town in east central Mississippi. was there for 11 years. I was an associate pastor before that in Meridian. I uh, was a student minister for about 18 months, and that's all I could handle of that. Oh. So uh, that's kind of my ministry experience. I'm married to Faith Moore Martin, which is, uh, she's from Pelahatchie, Mississippi, if you know where Pelahatchie is, and uh, have two kids, 17-year-old son, Riley, and a 13-year-old daughter, Mary Hannah. So uh, I'm a parent of two teenagers. Wow. Well, I can't say that I'm a parent of two teenagers anymore because (laughs) now I have a 20-year-old who turned 20 uh, last week uh, of this uh recording and also uh just got a foster baby who is a toddler so yeah yep, but yep no, no longer good. just teenage parent um i'm, Keep I'm getting young on, getting on getting on well thank you for joining us and yeah man uh, thank you for what you're doing uh in our state with men's ministry and uh just uh enjoy 
your interview today on our Accelerator podcast as we dive into uh, preaching a little more. And uh, yes, we sir. just talk to you about uh, some of your likes and and uh, you challenge us from uh, from how you've done it before and just what you're thinking about preaching. All right. All right. I'll do it. All right. So, uh, John, what is your philosophy of preaching and how do how do you uh, encapsulate that in a, a single sermon or a series of sermons? Yeah, uh, I'll say, you know, over the last 11 years when I've been preaching three sermons basically a week and, uh, you know, until COVID hit, obviously, uh, when I started preaching at First Baptist Church Union full-time and when I stopped preaching at First Baptist Church Union full-time, uh, my philosophies were very different from one another. So what I started out doing, uh, obviously you learned that it doesn't work. And so you have to find out, find another way of doing it. So uh, basically my philosophy of preaching has developed over the years. And I, I'll just say, I think what everyone should say when we start talking about uh, our preaching is that at the center of my preaching is the scripture. So I want to, uh, I want to make the center of what I do, the word of God. And I know we'll talk about some tools that you have to use, uh, to help discern what that meaning is. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't ever want anyone to leave a Sunday morning worship service where I have preached and then think, did he use the word in that? You know, what, what was the scripture there? Right. So, uh, because, you know, Brian, you, you will recognize this because you know me well enough to know I, I don't have a whole lot to offer. And, and since I don't have a whole lot to offer, uh, I need to be greatly dependent upon the word to offer. And so even uh, I may be getting ahead of myself, but even even using like illustrations and stuff. I mean, I'm not a very funny guy. Like yep. I don't have any cool stories, you know, to tell <laughs> and uh, I don't tell jokes very well. So. Like I, I have to be so dependent on the word because I'm useless otherwise. So uh, even even using illustrations, uh, I want to point back to a biblical illustration that I can point to, if at all possible, uh, because because my philosophy of preaching demands that the word be the center of the content uh, that that's offered, and so. So, so when you were when you were pastoring and uh, you had your folks sitting in in the uh, rows uh, mm -hmm. Sunday after Sunday, um, what what did you find yourself kind of focusing on with your folks? Uh, who who was the sermon for? Was it for yeah. uh, believers uh, on Sunday morning? More or toward the outsiders, inviters, so to speak, you, those that yeah. were being invited in? Yeah, so for me, um, certainly I understand the Sunday morning sermon to be one of the many disciple-making tools that the pastor has, and probably the greatest disciple-making tool that the pastor has, because there's no other moment in the week where we have the congregation's attention to give them something. Yeah. And so uh, just because of the way I'm made, I see that 30 minute message time uh, as as a disciple making tool. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be evangelistic. I mean, I think uh, as Charles Spurgeon is famous of saying, we need to always make a beeline to Jesus. Right. No matter where we're preaching. So obviously there's going to be redemptive notes in there and there's going to be uh, the message of the gospel. But but I saw. I saw that time as an opportunity to equip the saints, 
right? Because that's who's there and that's who's come to hear from God that day. And so uh, for me, it's it, I see it mainly as a discipleship tool. And again, I think it's the greatest discipleship tool that the pastor has uh, at any, any given week. Well, uh, what, what most excites you about preaching? Uh, I don't know what this says about me, but uh, the delivery is what is most exciting to me about preaching. I mean, I, I, I do the work, obviously. I mean, we have to do the work in order to be able to deliver the message. Uh, but, but, but man, standing up in front of God's people and preaching is, it, it is the most exciting thing I think a pastor gets to do. Now, uh, that's why whenever I took this position that I have, uh, I had to battle that because uh, because I do love preaching the word, and I knew when I when I became a company man and moved over to the Baptist building, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be able to stand up in front of uh, the same people every week and and preach, and so that's that's been quite an adjustment for me. Uh, and I'll also say um, that's all that also can be a problem for for me as a pastor too, um, because I have to remind myself, you know, this ain't a show. Yeah. I mean, th this is this is more than just you getting an opportunity to get up there and preach and and proclaim so people can see you. And so, uh, you know, this prayer of uh, this is the most exciting thing I get to do. But God, make this not about me, make it about you, you know, make, help me to decrease so that you can increase. I mean, there's a little there's a little tension there for me sure. uh, because I love doing it so much. But I have to remind myself this certainly is not about you. And so I I. I I do the work of the study, but uh, my favorite part standing up in front of God's people for sure. Yeah, I uh, as an early, as a uh, young pastor, which I'm no longer that. <laughs> sure, you are. But as a as a uh, young pastor, I always um, told folks, you know, um, hey, when I go on vacation, I'm going to be back for Sunday because that's my favorite part of the job. Yeah, yeah. My, my favorite yeah. part of the job is to stand up and preach, and so. Sure. Um, I'm with you on that. Uh, these days, I take I take my Sundays uh, and uh, <laughs> go on vacation multiple weeks in a row. So, Isn't it funny how the older we get in the ministry, the smarter we get in how we take our vacations? That's right. So, like used to when I started preaching, I would I would take a vacation from a Monday or from a Sunday to a Friday, yep. and uh, and then have to come back and preach that next week. Right. And then I got smart and it's like, no, that's not the way you need to do it. You're right. You need. Sunday needs to be the end of your vacation week. So that's just a little tidbit of information for your folks. Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a <laughs> nugget for you listeners. Uh, yeah. As we get to the calendar in just a moment. Yeah, sure. Uh, your vacation calendar. Uh, yeah, come back home on Sunday. And, that's uh, right, exactly. To back to the pulpit by Sunday. Exactly. So, um, what's your favorite genre of scripture to preach? Yeah, so uh, my favorite, my favorite is Old Testament narrative. Um, I love preaching the Old Testament narrative, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Personally, uh, you know, I, I like to look at the Old Testament narrative as being really practical for the people of God. Um, you know, I know everybody may not see it that way, but but you know, when I when I look out into a congregation and I see God's people and families that I've had the opportunity to minister with. And, and even looking at my own family and understanding that how dysfunctional their families are and how dysfunctional my family is. Yeah. And then I get to go and take them to read the story of Joseph and his brothers. I go, look, hey, you know, it could be worse, right? I mean, your, your family could be selling you into slavery. So, 
it, it, to me, it's a real practical look at the lives of other godly people in the Old Testament and how that practically plays out into our lives. So Joshua is, <clears throat> excuse me, is one of my favorite Old Testament books, probably my favorite Old Testament book. And, and as you look at Joshua walking through, growing in faith, I just think there's such application for the, the disciple of Christ to look back at Joshua's life and, and to be able to follow their own life through that same, through that same narrative. So uh, Old Testament narrative by far is, is my favorite to preach. Uh, I've asked this question to a, a number of guys that uh, are going to be on uh, this topic this year about preaching in our in our season that we're doing, uh, and I, I believe that uh, for the most part uh, they have all stated wisdom and or prophecy. Those two genres are are kind of the, the hardest or the most difficult yeah. for them to preach. Um, would you say that? And and which one would you say would be more difficult for you? If that's yeah, sure, sure. Both of those are, I think, both of those are, are difficult. You know, the problem with, for me, the problem with wisdom is that it doesn't flow, it doesn't flow like I want it to flow. You know, yeah. you've got a, a proverb stuck between two proverbs that none of them have anything to do with, with each other. And so you're kind of trying to look for that, uh, that what their similarities, excuse me, and sometimes it's not there. But for me, definitely, Prophecy is the most difficult uh, to preach, and um, and and I think it's because um, there's a whole lot of maybes and what ifs and it might be's, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't like to live in that world. Like, you know, I know guys love to sit around and talk about the millennial, and they love to talk about what Daniel has to say even to the millennial, or if he does, and uh, and all of that, and and the prophetic books. You know, I I just it's not my favorite. I think, I think there's just a lot of what ifs that I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, my, my issue with, uh, the wisdom literature, I don't know you're, I'm not the uh, sharpest knife in the drawer for sure, but, uh, it just doesn't rhyme. So therefore it, it's, hard, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for me to, uh, to stick with it. I'm just kidding. Hey, you know, it's something that's interesting. I just heard this on another podcast, uh, a while back, David Helm, you, you familiar with David Helm? He, he yep. has, uh, Simeon trust and I love the yep. Simeon trust for preaching yep. by the way. Uh, but David Helm says for him, the gospels are the most difficult to preach. And this is why he says, and as he said it, I thought, well, you know, he's probably right. He, he <laughs> says that the gospels include every type of literature. Yeah. So there's, there's narrative, there is old Testament prophecy there. There also is wisdom inside mm -hmm. of it. And so, you know, he may be right, but, uh, I, if you give me wisdom prophecy or, uh, or the gospels, I'm going gospel. Yeah. I, I, I really will. <laughs> yeah. Every day and twice on Sunday. That's right. Um, how do you typically map out a narrative? If if you're going to walk your folks through Joshua, or you're going to walk your folks through a, an Old Testament narrative, how how do you uh, kind of map that text out, and how do you deliver it? Uh, do you deliver it the same way that you would with three points as you did if you went through an epistle? Right. Yeah. No. Um, you know the problem with biblical narrative is is that is that they're usually very lengthy. Yeah. So, and, and you and you can't really understand the point of the narrative 
without understanding the entire context of the story that you're given. And so when you, when I go about mapping out the narrative, I, I want to find out what, what is the most important thing that happened in the narrative and, mm-hmm. and find that most important thing that happened in the narrative and build my message around that account maybe, or those words that were said or whatever it might be. Uh, but also recognizing that you can't just come in and drop that in the middle of a congregation without the context. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so part of what's, to me, fun about about biblical narrative is reading the biblical narrative over and over and over again to the point where you're able to be the storyteller just like the biblical writer was. You know, you know the story so well, you don't have to read the entire account of the story, but you know it so well that you become a storyteller to that congregation. And then as you get to that point or the, the points that you're trying to make that morning, uh, it's easier for them to understand that message inside of the context of the narrative. So as you map it out, I think you've got to get to the main point, obviously, but you, but you can't just leave the main point there. You've got to put it inside of the greater story and learning the greater story is some of the thing, one of the things that takes so long because you know, if you're if you're doing something in Joshua, you really need to know how Joshua even got there, yeah. which means you may have to go back and realize how it was handed off to him, right? And so, um, anyway, I, I think you need to know the story, get them to the point, but tell, be the storyteller, giving them the message behind it. When I don't know go, if that answered your question. It but. it 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 did. When when you go to the uh, to the pulpit, you stand on the platform and yep. uh, you are opening God's word. Do you take with you uh, some notes like A B C's and one two threes, a full manuscript, or are you just one of those guys that that walk up there with the word? It's in your mind, and and you're about yeah. to uh, just proclaim it. I wish I I wish I I wish I could do that. Honestly, I think about people like David Eldridge, who is uh, in Alabama. I love to listen to David, watch David Eldridge preach. He preaches without notes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some other guys that I think about as I watch them, I'm a little bit envious of. Waylon Bailey is another one of those guys. Waylon Bailey is, I don't know how old he is, but uh, he he is one of my favorite preachers. He stands up there with his Bible and no notes. Again, I'm really envious of those people. Uh, when I started out preaching, I was just an outline, a basic outline. Uh, but again, as my preaching has matured, I think um, I have become a manuscript guy. So I, I'm a manuscript guy. I don't do a lot of moving around. Uh, I, I preach, you know, from, from my manuscript pretty much. And, and I don't read it, but I have thought through everything that I'm going to say before I get in the pulpit. And, and I learned that because, uh, because I can say some pretty stupid things. <laughs> I mean, you know, you may not be that way, Brian, but I can oh, say yes, some pretty, uh, John, I, you know me well, I, can, say some terribly I, can, stupid things. I can say some pretty dumb things. And so, uh, so as I've matured, I thought, man, I really need to think about what I'm going to say. And again, it goes back to me. It goes back to that. Hey, you've only got 30 minutes a week. You got 30, you have a, you have an audience for 30 minutes a week uh, to speak to them. And so let's be real intentional in what we say. And I know that that's not everybody's philosophy. It's not the way everybody does it. But for me, uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been a better practice for me in my preaching. But again, 
this has developed uh, just really over the last five years or so uh, that I've gotten to a manuscript. So if you if you manuscript it out, uh, do you have a, a a page number that you're looking at? Hey, I've got and you're you've used the uh, term 30 minutes uh, when you mm -hmm. preach. Did did you normally hit that 30 minute and that was about it or did you go yeah. a little longer than that? So um, my goal was always 25 minutes. That's what I shot for now. And I know that's debatable, too. But 25 minutes is what I shot for just because uh my attention spans about 25 minutes. And yeah. I think that's why all major sitcoms are 25 minutes. You know, you've got some dramas that are an hour, but most of them are only about 25 minutes. Yeah. I think that's a good, a good place for us to sit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do my, my a little bit different. I don't use eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I use eight and a half by five and a half sheet of paper, yep. a single spaced 11 font and about five pages would get me to about 25 minutes. So, um, Hey, listeners, just to let you know, it. listeners, just to let you know, uh, John's not uh, middle-aged yet because he can still see 11 point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my stars. Yeah, exactly. And so we tell you what the 11 font does though, because if you do it 11 font, it's too small on a sheet of paper, but you can pull it up on your iPad and yeah. it's bigger than that. So that's, that's it. Uh, I, I, I just started using an iPad just recently. So um, that was something I always printed it out. And uh, I guess I'm old enough to be afraid of technology. I, I accused you of that earlier in a private message, but, uh, <laughs> but I can be afraid of it as well too. You know, I kept thinking, what if this thing shuts down on me? Yeah. But that's uh, happened to I, me I before. That has happened oh, to me man. before. It was not fun that morning. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to say, all right, see y'all next week. But uh, anyway, I, I use an iPad, but it's, it's uh, eight and a half by five and a half. And it's about five pages long. 25 minutes uh, is where I want to be. And I usually end up about 30. Yep. Yep. Uh, can you, uh, you've already alluded to uh, one of those with Simeon Trust, but uh, maybe three or four good tools that uh, you have used in the past. You might even use on a regular basis um, yeah. for, uh, for prep and uh, even that of delivery. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> I think this is really important for the pastor to consider uh, because we we have now in our hands the the ability to have tools galore. I mean, I have Lagos, yeah. and uh, I have I have probably a thousand books in Lagos that I will never open. Right? Because, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just how available the tools are for us. Mm -hmm. um, here, here's kind of my process. I want to begin. I want to begin with the word. And I want to make those those notes that we know to make right. What was the uh, what what was the intention of the passage right? And uh, what's the what's the application of the passage? You know, just some of those without looking at anything else. I want to look at it myself. Uh, then I move over towards commentary, um, and uh, and I usually by the time I finish the uh, the the scripture reading, I've already jotted down my basic notes. But then I go to commentary because I want to make sure I'm not pulling something out <laughs> that nobody else has ever heard of before, you know, because yeah. if you do that, it's wrong. So, uh, so I went to, I go to commentaries. My favorite commentary series as a whole mm -hmm. is the new American commentaries. And I, I like the new American commentaries. They're NIV based and I preach out of ESV, but the new American commentaries, I think do a really good job of striking a balance between uh, the original language and and all of the details about language usage 
and application. You know, there's some commentary series like like Word, for example, is one that is really hard for me. It's heavy language. Yep. Yep. And there are some I think that are too heavy on the application. To me, the Holman commentary series is a little bit too much over there. And so New American, I love it. It's my go-to because it kind of strikes a good balance between those two, uh, those two things, original language application. And then, uh, so what were you going to say? For our, for our listeners that are, uh, vis visual learners, um, uh, that, that, those are the blue commentaries and the burgundy <laughs> yeah. commentaries, right? Old Testament. Yeah, that's right. That's blue right. Blue burgundy. There, yeah, that's right. And if you take the sleeve off of them, the old Testament has a blue line and the new Testament yeah. has a burgundy line. That's yeah. right. So, uh, those are, that's my favorite uh, commentary series. And so after that point, as after I've gotten my, my points out and I've kind of fleshed them out a little bit, I listen to other guys. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the first person that's preached whatever passage that is. And so uh, I listen to other guys and try to hear what they've said about it. And, uh, you know, you'll learn a lot of what not to do and some good things to go, do by listening to other guys who preach it. And so um, I do that. I, I'll say this too, you know, I'm not real smart, you know, that's why Brian and I are friends. Yeah. I, I don't spend, <laughs> I don't spend, uh, I don't spend a lot of time in the language. It's just because I'm not smart enough to do that. I have to depend upon other guys for that. And uh, as I look back on my seminary days, I kind of wish I had more of that, but I don't have it. And so uh, I have to be dependent upon commentaries and that sort of thing. So I listen to other guys. By Thursday, I wanted my manuscript done. And so basically, if I got my manuscript done on Thursday, then it can marinate all day Friday and all day Saturday. And I could be running those things through my mind on those two days. And then usually on Sunday mornings, I got up about four 30 and by five o'clock, I was in my office reading over my manuscript. Uh, you know, and sometimes you get there on Sunday morning and you go, man, that, where did I come up with that? Like that yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. And so, uh, so I would, I would read over that and then, you know, then you deliver it. And so, uh, that my tools basically commentary other pastors the word pretty sure. basic but that's it all right um one final question then i'll get you out of here on my uh, favorite segment which is the faves but mm -hmm. uh uh calendaring when when you were yeah. there at first union uh you were in your rhythm on a on a yearly basis was there a a rhythm as well with how you would calendar out uh, different books. And yeah. uh, I know some guys go from Old Testament to New Testament. Some guys have stated to me, hey, I didn't have that. I just right. just set it out and went forward. Um, how'd you do your preaching calendar? Yeah. So uh, let me say this about my preaching. So I believe you ought to preach through books. Like I believe you ought to preach through books. However, I believe you can preach sections of books without having to preach the whole book at one time. Okay. So, and again, that has a lot to do with my ADD I have, I guess. So if, if you're, if we're going to be in Romans for the next five years, I'm going to check out eventually. So, oh, yeah. and I know some guys do that, so that's okay. But, but I, I want to preach sections of books okay. at, at one time. And so, um, so ordinarily what I would do is I was, I was planned to head quarter by quarter. I used to do the whole year out uh, toward the fall of the previous year. I would calendar the next year all the way out. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, the older I got, the more I realized you can't know where we're going to be then. And so a quarter at a time is as far as I wanted to be ahead. 
and and so I would I would think about where we were as a church, maybe where we were as a nation, but not likely. I, I usually didn't think that much globally. I usually yeah. was more was more micro than that. Where are we as a church? In my ideas of uh, of our strategy moving forward, what are some things we need to consider? You know, and so I would that's kind of how I would map that out. And since I was preaching three sermons a week, uh, if I if I happened to be in the Old Testament on Sunday morning, I would hit New Testament on Sunday night. Okay. You know, it's not it's not a have to be rule, but that was pretty much what I did. And then Wednesday nights, you know, who knows what to do with that? <laughs> that was changing up all the time because that's such an odd thing. So, uh, but I would try to go back and forth between old and new just to kind of get the whole council, you know, and I know you, you know, how long is it going to take you to preach every book of the Bible as a pastor? And the answer, I don't know, because I was somewhere 11 years and didn't touch it, you know, so I mean, uh, but doing my best to preach old and new and, um, and, you know, sections of larger books in series kind of deal. All right, listeners, uh, I do this last segment so you can get to know a uh, another angle or a little more degrees of the individual that we are interviewing, that you're listening to. I call it the faves, a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, I stumped. Listeners, you will hear this uh, before this one comes out. Or uh, Yeah, I stumped uh, one of our friends, John Martin, on these faves questions. Uh, Zach Kilpatrick did not know how to answer two of really? them. Very easy. Um, but well, usually Zach has an answer for everything. Yeah, he did. there was an answer. <laughs> it was called silence. And uh, we had to we had to work through that. That's but, funny. Uh, you're welcome, Zach Kilpatrick, if you listen to this uh this interview. Uh, so here's here's my first question. What's your favorite okay. book in the Bible? Uh, Joshua. I'll go Joshua. Joshua. What's your uh, favorite sports team? Uh, the Union Yellow Jackets. Union Yellow Jackets. He says that. He's, I guess you still live in Union. But... I do still live in Union. And my son plays baseball for Union. There so you go. Be Union. Union, Yellow Union Yellow Jackets, Mississippi State Bulldogs, Atlanta Braves, uh, don't care anything about NFL or NBA. They could disappear, and I would never know. Right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to go way back on this one. You're old enough to remember it. Dead Poet Society. Come on. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Thank you for calling me Man. old. <laughs> Dead Poet Society, favorite movie ever. And The Goonies comes really close. I think we're going to just shut it off right there, listeners. <laughs> um, what is your favorite food oh my goodness or whatever i'm eating genre. at the moment food or food genre uh man there is nothing better than a i'm gonna say 16 ounce steak that's had salt and pepper on it period uh, listeners you can't see him at the moment but but i see like <laughs> some saliva coming out of the corners of, of his of his mouth nothing better that's good stuff and and i can tell you where you ought to go get one too if you want to know that <laughs> very good very good uh if you had one day to do any activity that john martin would love to do what would you be doing where would it be uh it would be uh sitting on the beach reading a book that's me that's you. Yep. Uh, which would be my last question, leads into my last question. Family vacation spot, are we mountains or beaches? And you just told me the yeah, other Yeah, we're beaches, no doubt. We're beaches, yep. Yep. Well, John Martin, 
tell our listeners where they might could find you on social media and i will also right. put that down in the uh, show notes so i'm uh i'm on twitter now as john j-o-n no h don't forget that j-o-n martin m-b-c-b for mississippi baptist convention board that's my twitter handle and then facebook same thing you can find me on facebook by searching j-o-n martin and um I have Instagram too, but I don't even know how to do that. So we, we've got some uh, podcasts that, that you are in charge of as well. You want to tell our listeners about those? Yeah, absolutely. So the, in, the, uh, in trust podcast is a brand new podcast, Mississippi Baptist convention board, men's ministry. That's E N T R U S T. I don't know why I feel like I got to spell everything today. The <laughs> other one is, is, uh, the imperfect church podcast. So Ryan Reed, another Mississippi pastor and I've been doing the, the imperfect church, uh, for a couple of years now. So you can check us out there as well. Appreciate your time today, John. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Listeners, we'll talk to you soon. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.